It's Wednesday in Holy Week, and today I hope to offer a blessed little thought for you to meditate along with me on the meaning of this day. In the church's tradition, Wednesday and Holy Week, this day right between Palm Sunday and Easter, is known as Spy Wednesday. Funny name, that, but not so funny given the subject, because actually this is the day when we're asked to consider and read about and meditate upon Judas, the villain of the piece, as we know, the one who is the spy, the traitor, in Jesus' midst from right among his own disciples. You won't find stained glass pictures of Judas, but at St. James, you will actually see a portrait of him in his absence. When next you're able to be in the church, I hope you'll look up at the Raridos. There at the bottom, there is a scene of the Last Supper. And there at the Last Supper, Jesus is in the center, gathered with all of his disciples. And yet there is a stool in the foreground with a cloak draped over it. And that's Judas's seat. He has already left the room to begin his work of betrayal. Thinking about Spy Wednesday, though, I thought of something not nearly so serious, which is a game families often play or children play called I Spy With My Little Eye. And in that game, if you don't know it, you pick out something in the room or in the scene and you describe it, except you only get to use the first letter. I spy with my little eyes something that begins with the letter L. And if you're looking behind me, you might see that there's a lion back there. I like to think of him as Aslan. He was made by a friend of ours, a sculptor and an Episcopal priest. Or sometimes people describe a color or the way something shines or doesn't. But one of the things I've been doing for the last several weeks is studying together on Wednesday morning with many of our parishioners, Matthew's Gospel. And because we've been taking it slow, it's given us a chance to see all kinds of little details that we might otherwise not notice. So we have been looking hard and I have been spying certain details. And one of them seems particularly relevant for today. In the scene of the Last Supper in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus says that one who is at the table with him will betray him. And what's always so striking is that all of the disciples wonder if it might be them. They are curious about their own capacity for betrayal and denial. Of course, it's Judas, and that becomes clear as the story goes on. But we also know that there is plenty of betrayal and denial in the whole story. Peter, of course, denies Jesus three times. The disciples, Peter and James and John, can't stay awake with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And when we get to the crucifixion, all of them flee, all of them. So plenty of betrayal there. But it is Judas who will lead the authorities to Jesus in the Garden and have him arrested. And yet in Matthew's Gospel, and here's the detail, in Matthew's Gospel, Judas comes to Jesus leading troops. He comes up to Jesus and he kisses him, betraying him with a 
kiss, which seems about as ghastly as anything you can imagine. And yet Jesus says, friend, do what you have to do. Friend, do what you have to do. That always provokes debate about whether Judas is simply doing what God intends for him to do, and maybe so. But it also, for me, says that even knowing that he is being betrayed and that one of his own is the one who is making sure he's handed over to the authorities and will be crucified, Jesus still calls Judas friend. I think all of us can probably think of a time, maybe years ago, maybe this week, when we have done something we deeply regret, when we have denied or betrayed someone, or we have not told the truth when the truth could have made all the difference. I know that I can remember a time way back in my 20s where I betrayed a confidence, and though the person I did that to forgave me, that still sticks with me, both that I did that and both his generosity in forgiving me. But I'm not sure, as extreme an example as Judas seems to be, that we don't all wonder at various times if maybe there is something that we have done that's unforgivable. Well, I think not. We know in the story of Judas that in the end he hangs himself. It is a grim and grisly end to a terrible story for him. But we also know that Judas repented. We also know that Judas went to return the 30 pieces of silver that he had been paid. And though maybe he was without hope, I think we all need to remember that our hope is not in ourselves. Our hope is in Christ, who can call us friend even in the worst of moments, who forgive those who are torturing him, even from the cross, who promises to the thief who repented that that day the thief will be with him in paradise. So I want to share a poem that I have loved for many years. I have to look it up. It's by the poet James Wright, and it's called, oddly enough, Saint Judas. When I went out to kill myself, I caught a pack of hoodlums beating up a man. Running to spare his suffering, I forgot my name, my number, and how my day began. How soldiers milled around the garden stone and sang amusing songs. How all that day their javelins measured crowds. How I alone bargained the proper coins and slipped away. Banished from heaven, I found this victim beaten, stripped, kneed, and left to cry. Dropping my rope aside, I ran, ignored the uniforms, then I remembered bread my flesh had eaten, the kiss that ate my flesh, flayed without hope. I held the man for nothing in my arms. We know 
that Jesus stretched out his arms on the hard wood of the cross so that everyone, everyone might come within reach of his saving embrace. We have comfortable words. That's what we call them in the prayer book. After the confession, here is the one I think is just right for today. If anyone sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the perfect offering for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. Wishing you a blessed Holy Week and a joyous Easter.